Welcome back, everybody. This is Encounter with God time here on Faith FM. We are about to get into our 20 million movement Bible study. 20 million people right around the world, all studying the same passage of the Bible at the same time. Before we do, a bit of housekeeping to do. Uh, a couple of text messages coming through. God won't. Uh, this one in relationship to abortion, uh, a story that we covered earlier. God won't allow this to continue much longer. God knows the hearts of the women who have abortions and the pain they go through. Prayer is the only thing that would help them. And the lawmakers really don't care for them. They're being used for the lawmakers' agenda. And I think that there is, um, I, I do appreciate the level of compassion here, that you know, we need to be praying for these mothers yeah. who, have, uh, who have suffered this. Because you know, it's a terrible thing to find yourself in that kind of a situation. You know, and a lot of these mothers find themselves in a situation they believe to be an impossible situation. Mm. And... Uh, there's no that they don't see a good outcome from either perspective, and I think I think the message that we need to get out is that there is always a better alternative than taking a life, yeah, and that those alternatives are available. There are lots of people around um, who are you know looking for to, to work in foster care, to work in uh, adoption, um, and so forth, and so you know there, there's always there is always a better way, yeah. And if you're looking for it, if, you, if you're struggling with it, just give us a call here. We'll we'll put you in contact with people. Yeah. Uh, 1-800-324-843 is our number. Um, but we do need to pray for women who find themselves in impossible situations and we need to pray that the men who are also involved in that, because obviously it takes two, it's not like you can do this on your own, uh, will we'll take a level of responsibility. Yeah to solve that impossible situation because often we we talk about the women who you know who go and do this the real well half of the issue 50% of the issue is the men who are involved as well and their lack of responsibility i think that there would probably actually be very very few abortions if men who got women pregnant manned up and said no don't abort the child i'll raise the child mm. you know be a man about it. If that is what has happened, then be a man, man up and take responsibility for the situation mm. and be a father to that child. There's always there's always a better opportunity. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay, this one is in relationship, I think, to the story we're talking about uh, with um, forced religion and so forth mm-hmm. and religious liberty and particularly we were talking to Voice of the Martyrs there. What a great God we have while people are taking his name in vain. He's trying to save them. Yeah. You know? <laughs> wow. He wants a new heart, not forced religious actions. Mm. And that is just so critical to yeah. everything the Bible says. Yeah, thanks for your comments. Yeah, some great comments coming through there. Um, and... Uh, well, if the phones are running hot right now, <laughs> so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put this out there. I think that there are still some of these available. We do have a special offer from Voice of the Martyrs. So Voice of the Martyrs, these guys, they usually come on uh, once a month, and the great thing is they give us a special offer each time. This one is a book called Hearts of Fire: The Experience of Eight Women Suffering Persecution for Their Faith. Mm. And so, if you would like your copy of Hearts of Fire, uh, Five of these copies were made available, and I think there's still some available. So call the text right now, else you're going to miss out because they're going fast. Uh, what else do we have to talk about? We do have to talk about, because we do have to remind you that the N.Digital is coming up. Uh, so excited about this. You're going to be shocked. You're going to be amazed. You're going to be surprised. 
by what you hear, particularly at when you when you see what has been what is happening happening right now in our world and what has been happening we kind of in this series we look at we look at it from a historical perspective and so in some of them we give historical context over 2000 years and some of them we give historical context over uh, 300 years mm. and in some of them we give historical context not 300 250 years, uh, and some of them we give historical context over the last 30 years. So that's kind of the, the scale. It starts at you know the big picture and then it works its way down to deal with what has been happening. It helps you to understand why things are way they are in the United States right now. And this is from the perspective of two Australians and two Americans. So the N.Digital, uh, that will be premiering on Wednesday, Wednesday evening at 7.30 in the evening. The N.Digital, the website, either that or the N.Digital Facebook or the N.Digital YouTube, whichever platform uh, is your preferred one to go to, head over there and we will be releasing this particular brand new series, nine-part special, to go with the United States elections. So that's coming up. That's super exciting. I think that's all of our housekeeping, is it? Yeah. Well, yes. That's everything I can remember. Okay. Cool. <laughs> all right. So we're going to go to our Bible study. And our Bible study today begins with a story. So I'm going to share the story with you. Yeah. Okay. My French is bad. Forgive my pronunciation. <laughs> okay, many years ago in France, uh, the nation was debating the question of capital punishment. And so uh, should it be abolished? Should it stay? You know, Should they have the guillotine or should they get rid of the guillotine, etc.? France, of course, was famous for the use of the guillotine. And advocates for its abolishment contacted a very famous French writer and philosopher, Michel Foucault. Michael. We'll call him Michael. Uh, just because I speak English better than <laughs> I can get my tongue around that. And asked him to pen an editorial on their behalf. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he sat down to write this editorial. They got more than they bargained for. They were quite shocked by what he wrote because he did not call for just an end to the death penalty. Mm-hmm. He called a death, so he called for an end for the entire prison system. He said, no, we should let all prisoners go free. So that's pretty radical. That is, that's crazy. Now, it's not so radical when you look at... His reasons? No, well, yes, but also uh, you think, okay, that's really crazy, but, um, you know, what country in their right mind would do such a thing? What kind of person in their right mind would suggest something like that? But have you noticed... In the United States, a very large portion of the population calling to abolish the police force, defund the police. Uh, yeah. Did you, Renee, did you ever, did you ever <laughs> expect that you would live to see something like that? Honestly, no. I, no. It's <laughs> just no. like, what on earth? No, it was, you call the police when you need help and. Oh, absolutely. Defund the police. I, it. I just didn't. That's such a that's such a jump. If we, ha, you know, uh-huh, like you know, uh-huh. there's other ways we can solve this problem. Yes, than just jumping going, to that. Yeah, that's extreme. It's very <laughs> extreme. And so this is uh, uh, this French writer Michael. This is where he went. You know, defund the police and also um, get rid of the prison system. <sighs> what is interesting is that his reasons for it match the reasons that are being promoted in the United States right now to defund the police. 
And his reason was he stated that all systems of morality were merely human constructs. And think about that. All systems of morality were merely human constructs, human ideas put in place by those in power in order to control the masses. That's exactly what they are arguing in the United States right now from amongst those groups that are calling to defund the police. Because this is coming from the secular part of America. It's not coming from the religious part of America. Yeah. And they're saying, well, there is no such thing as morality, so why should we be enforcing morality? Morality is something that was invented purely to control the masses. That is not true. <laughs> no human would make up the moral code. The moral code, like... Uh, <laughs> mm. <laughs> It's really hard for you to wrap your head around, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because this is something we were talking about earlier when we were talking about uh, the issue of abortion and why it is that regardless of whether a person is secular or religious, they all suffer long-term, lifelong guilt as a result of it and depression. Yeah. Um, It's basically 100% for, yeah. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. So basically what Michael is arguing here is that guilt is a human construct. There's no such thing as morality. Guilt is a human construct. Now he was arguing that from a secular perspective uh, based on the idea of evolution and if we evolved from mud, then there is no such thing as morality. We've kind of been following this theme a little bit during the week um, if you've been following the conversation. So... He's saying that if we evolve from mud, there's no such thing as morality. Any morality that exists is something that we have invented just so that we can control each other or more powerful people can control us. Mm. Therefore, get rid of it all. You don't seem too convinced there, Renee. You seem a little concerned that if we got rid of uh, the police force and all law and got rid of the prison system that... It's just too... Ex- it's. You might not be safe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of dangerous, scary people who are locked up in our prison system right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. However, if you look at it from an evolutionary perspective, there's no such thing as death or murder. There's just a change of chemical composition. And so if you t- take another person's life, you're not doing anything wrong. From an evolutionary perspective, yeah. all, you're, all you're doing is changing a chemical composition. Your body is made up of chemicals yeah, and those chemicals don't go anywhere. They don't disappear when you die. They just change their format. I struggle with this because it just takes the meaning out of life. Absolutely. Out. There's no purpose to anything. It doesn't matter. No one matters. What matters is right here and right now and what I want and what I feel. That's right which explains why uh, people who adopt a philosophy like this have got no qualms at all about stealing and looting and burning and rioting. Mm. Why would they have qualms about that? Why would that be wrong? Mm -hmm. How could that be wrong? It's a bit scary, isn't it? It is. When you said that guilt, he said guilt is a human construct. Yes. Guilt guilt is also a feeling that you, you feel it, right? You feel That's right. You're like, oh. It's, it's, he's, he's trying to say the only reason you feel it is because we made it up. <laughs> but I will say this. It does not matter how 
secular you become mm. and how many generations secular, secular you are, you're going to feel guilt mm. for doing the wrong thing. And you are going to experience guilt for doing things that you do not believe are wrong. Because God speaks to every human being and every human being has a conscience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something coming through on the text line. And we'd love to hear from you guys. Do text us, do call us. Mm. Uh, we'd love to hear from you whenever uh, you can get in contact with us. That's right. Um, with a question, you know, who do you call if the police are not there anymore? It's a very valid question. And, of course, well, the idea behind that is is that every person becomes responsible for their own safety. We live in a community. Like, we all play a part in the community. It's important that That's we right. fit in our roles. Yes. <laughs> but if, if, if everybody is responsible for their own safety, right, and this, yeah. is, and, this, and this is what Michael here would argue, if everyone is responsible for their own safety, then... Uh, what you have is a reduction in the number of vulnerable people in your society. So vulnerable people are going to be the first ones to be taken out. Yeah. And Michael would argue that that is a good thing because it is strengthening the gene pool by getting rid of vulnerable people who could possibly pass on their genes. Of course, you're going to get rid of a lot of vulnerable people like the elderly and so forth that are not able to pass on their genetic material. Uh, but, you know, you think about the disabled, the elderly, women, you know, are all vulnerable portions of our society that would be forced to defend themselves from any form of uh, crime or assault or misconduct or otherwise uh, simply because the police are no longer there anymore, there's no longer a prison system, there's no longer, you know. Sounds like such a violent world. It would become an incredibly violent world in an incredibly short space of time. It's yeah. not going to bring peace and happiness. Yeah, yeah. And the Bible, the Bible speaks against this. Let's look at what the Bible says. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter twelve and verse eight, and we're going to compare that with a couple of other verses. We're going to start here in Deuteronomy twelve and verse eight. So it says, "Your pattern of worship will change today. All of you are doing as you please." All right. Uh, in another translation, you shall not do as we are doing here today. Every man doing what is right in his own eyes. So when you have a situation of every man doing what is right in his own eyes, you know the Bible speaks out against this. God speaks out against this. It's like, no, this is not how, this is not how morality works. Morality is not individual, and uh, there is a morality outline in Scripture that brings happiness. Um, it's yeah, and somebody texted in to say that what you know Michael's talking about in 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 here is actually madness. Yeah, and it is. Hey, it good, is. Yeah. Uh, let's go over to Judges. Let's compare this then with Judges chapter seventeen and verse six. Uh, if you do away with morality and everybody lives by whatever morality they personally invent, you have chaos in society. So Judges seventeen and verse six. Let's find out what happened in Israel. So it says, In those days Israel had no king. All their people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. And how well did that work out for them? <laughs> Not well. Now, having a king didn't work out well for them either. No. But doing right, what was right in their own eyes didn't work out well for them at all. Mm-hmm. There were times when they had good judges. There were times when they had good prophets. And when they listened to their judges and their prophets, they were able to live under a theocracy without a king. Mm-hmm. But it did not work for them. And 
when they would just did whatever was right in their own eyes. Another verse to look at here is Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 15. Proverbs 12 and verse 15. And just let me ask you, our producer, a quick question. Do we have any more of those books available? Or the, yes, okay, so the, uh, there you go. The uh, Hearts of Fire, The Experience of Eight Women Under Persecution. We've still got two copies left, so do call us right now if you would like your copy on 1-800-324-843. Make sure you save that number in your phone. That is 1-800-FAITH-FM. Okay, where were we up to? Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 15. 15. Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. Okay, and primarily the wise listen to others, i.e. God. God. Mm. Yes, that is where true wisdom is found. It is found in following the ways of God. And this is because, and this is one of the, I believe, one of the clearest evidences for God being our creator Mm. in that we have a moral code. And we have a moral code that speaks to our heart and that compels us to at times do things that would be detrimental to us passing on our genetic material, which is the only form of morality that exists within atheism. Uh, that's, the only, that's the only moral thing you can do from an evolutionary perspective. It compels us to move past that, and it com- we have a moral code from God that, compels it, that, that shows us how to live a good life. A happy life. Mm. It's a code of happiness. Mm-hmm. It's all it is. Yeah. It, it like living. Uh, I find it like life is most fulfilling. Living in relationship and having fulfilling, you know, relationship with family and friends and having a purpose, and that comes from God. <laughs> and living according to the moral code, I find most fulfilling, and I find happiness in. So, and you find so many people who have dedicated their life to living other than God's moral code. Mm. They're like, we're going to live a secular life, God does not exist, and we're going to live our life as we please and with whatever code we come up with. It's so sad and depressing. It is. It and is unfulfilling. I, I would not, I have never in my life yeah. met a person that I would swap places with who lives a life like that. Yeah. I just wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I look at, their, and I'm like, look at their life and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You've got to be joking. Mm-hmm. I would never go down that path. Mm-hmm. That's an awful life. I would never swap places with you. And I'll guarantee that there's a lot of people out there that would swap places with me in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, let's continue on. Where did we get up to? Did we read Proverbs yet? Yes, we did. We did. The fools way of fools seems yes. right to them, but the wise listen to advice. That's it. Okay. What do these verses teach us about moral conduct we've got a couple of uh let's go to back to deuteronomy again deuteronomy's got so many good things in it uh deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 5 yes and it says uh, and you must love the lord your god with all your heart all your soul and all your strength and you know when you come down to it that really is the essence of god's law right there get that one right you'll get all of them right you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different. All right, so where are we up to? We're talking about morality this morning and the origins of morality and how that evolutionary process provides no mechanism for the origins of morality when people do moral things that do not give any advantage to their own genetic material being passed on and often give disadvantage to them passing their own genetic material mm-hmm. on, but they do it because of morality. Mm-hmm. 
And we've talked about, you know, there are numerous examples in the natural world of creatures that have no morality. And, you know, I often talk about the great white shark that just sort of lays an egg somewhere in the middle of the ocean, swims away, and never has any further contact with that offspring whatsoever at all and is just a killing, eating machine, nothing else. Mm-hmm. It has no morality and yet is very successful as a species. Morality is not a key to, the, to success as a species. Violence, in the case of a great white shark, is the key to its success as a species. So where does morality come from? If we evolved, how does it exist? You know, you've got people like Sam Harrison and so forth, uh, some of these um, new brand of evolutionists who've, who've written books to try and explain it. And they probably do as good a job as anyone can, but it just does not answer the question at all. Mm. Doesn't even come close. Yeah. Okay, Mark chapter 12 is our next passage we're going to read here, verse 29 to 31. So Mark chapter 12, verse 29 to 31, speaking about uh, the law of God and uh, what it says about our conduct. So Mark chapter 12, verse 29. Yep. Okay, I was somewhere else, but I am here. Um, Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No no other commandment is greater than these. And this is the great thing about God's law. This is the great thing about morality is it's all about love. You know, do we need love to be a successful species? Does a great white shark have love? No. It's completely devoid of love and yet incredibly successful as a species. In fact, a lot of the success of the great white shark as a species comes down to the fact that humans have a sense of morality. Yeah. And because we have a sense of morality, there are humans out there who say, don't kill great white sharks. Uh I'm not so sure I agree with them. But anyway, (laughs) that's a story for another day. I'm not a friend of great white sharks. They give me the freakouts. I kind of feel that the world would be a better place without them. But that's just my um, my personal little bias there. I'm sure we actually do need them in the ecosystem. Uh, But, you know, the reason that... So we look at great white sharks and we say, okay, we don't want to see them go extinct. We think that they have a benefit to the environment um, and so we're going to protect them. So they become a protected species and so you have an amoral species that exists and is successful because it is protected by a moral species. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where would our world be? What would it look like? Without morality, what would humans be like if there was no such thing as morality? And humans without morality, they would fight for their like strongest. Of, what is it? Mm, 
survival of survival the fittest. Survival of the fittest. So That's they right. would kind of either kind of be by themselves. But as humans, the reason why we thrive is because we live in community. Like we're not the strongest species. That's right. No, not at all. We're not. Like- no, no, we're very, very, you know, you want to go and have a wrestling match with a great white shark? <laughs> yeah. Let's see who wins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are not the strongest species. What hospital do you like? I will be there. <laughs> like we're not, we, we, we're, we, yeah. Community is what makes us stronger. And um, what helps us thrive in community is our moral code. You know? That's right. Mm. That Because community would be impossible without a moral code. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. All right. Let's uh, – where are we up to? Revelation. Revelation 14 verse 12. That's yes. where we're heading to next. Revelation 14 verse 12. Let's read this one. This means that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently, obeying his commands and maintaining their faith in Jesus. Wow. I have that memorized from a uh, completely different translation. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those that keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. Mm. And this is what you find in the Bible. Right the way down to the very end of the Bible. You've got it in Revelation 12, 17. You've got Revelation 14, 12. You've got it in Revelation 22, 14. The Bible speaks about those who keep the commandments of God. Uh, somebody texting through humans without morality equals the flood. Okay, now this is a really interesting point Ooh. that our our texter has, uh, has, and we'd love to hear from you guys, so do, do text through, yeah. um, has raised right here. Okay, because if you go back, let's 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 do that right now. Let's go down that rabbit hole. Uh, Genesis chapter six. Let's go to Genesis chapter six. Mm-hmm. How much time we got? Yep, we got time for this. This is going to be cool. Let me show you something here. Genesis, Genesis chapter, six. chapter six. All right, and read for me mm-hmm. verse. Five. Okay, Genesis, Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. The Lord observed, observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. Okay, three words I want to highlight right there. Everything, only, consistently. Mm. Evil. So... When you read that passage, there is no good, is there? No. Zero good. Let me read it from my translation. God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Everything was only bad all the time. And what you've got here is a situation where the Holy Spirit has withdrawn itself from the earth. Not because the Holy Spirit has gone, yeah, you know what, I'm sick of humans, so I'm out of here. It's that the Holy Spirit will never force himself. He will never force himself into your heart. The Bible says, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens, I will come in. The Holy Spirit works on every person's heart on the planet. He lives inside the heart of those that accept him. And it's because of the work either on the heart or from the inside that positive things take place. When a person hardens himself against the Holy Spirit and re- and persistently rejects, reject, 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 reject. It's the rule of the mind. It's how the mind works. A layer of scar tissue forms. They can no longer hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Once they have cut themselves off from the Holy Spirit, good is impossible. Morality is impossible because morality comes from the Holy Spirit, from God, and from nowhere else. You want to find out what it's like? That's what it's like. The flood 
His description of the world without the Holy Spirit. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. It is now time for... It's now time for... Where'd it go? It's here somewhere. There it is. Question of the day. Okay, this morning's question comes from our listener, Brad, who asks, Can you please explain how the BCAD dating system was established? How can Jesus be born four years BC? Four years BC. Very good question right there. Okay, so basically BC is an English term and it means before Christ. AD is a Latin term and it means um, Anno Domini, which means year of our Lord. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the first of these two terms to be invented was AD. So AD became was invented before BCE by uh, Dionysus Exiguus, a Roman Catholic monk from Romania. He invented it as a concept of dating the world from the birth of Christ. Um, he came up with this idea in the year 525 AD. So that's a long time after Jesus was actually born. Um, and so he had to work his way backwards. He devised his table each year, uh, was identified by naming the Roman consuls who held office in that year. So that was how he worked out you know, when each year was and yeah. so forth. Uh, nobody really used the AD method until the time of the British historian Bede. Now, Bede was a very famous British historian. He wrote the history of the English people, and he wrote that in 731. He was looking for a dating system. He adopted Dionysus's AD system, but then he needed something for years that were before Christ, and so he came up with BCs, AD, BC. So year of our Lord and before Christ. Uh, and that's how it came into uh, common usage today. Now, there's a number of challenges to this whole system, particularly with Dionysus' method. When he first established AD, uh, was 524 years after the events and Bede simply adopted what he already established. Mm. But we don't know if he dated from the conception of Christ or the birth. We don't know if he used the consular year, which begins in January 1, or the Diocletian year, which begins in August 29. We don't know, uh, or there were inaccuracies in the list of consuls and we do not know which list he used. And finally, uh, there are confused summations of emperor's regnal or reigning years. So there's plenty of room there for error. So there's five different room, five different places where error could creep into the AD system. And considering the amount of error that that allowed for, I think Dionysus actually did a pretty decent job yeah. in only being out by four years. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there are a number of years that Dionysus could have been referring to as AD1. Um, Bede and his contemporaries established AD, the AD1 as we used as, as used today um, in the 8th century. Okay, so here's how we know that Jesus was born 4 BC. The Bible says that Herod the Great was alive when Jesus was born. Tried to kill him, right? Um, Herod the Great died during the Passover, that's the 11th of April, 4 BC. So we know that Jesus was born in 4 BC. Okay, Uh, the 4 BC date for the birth of Jesus is confirmed, of course, by the prophecy of Daniel chapter 9. So just in case, and this is the great thing about Bible prophecy and what the Bible says, is historians can be all over the place and often are Mm. when it comes to dating. Unless you have astronomical uh, dating method, 
then ancient dates are usually pretty much guesswork. Yeah. And so, you know, we really struggle with those. We have no astronomical dating in relationship to the birth of Christ, uh, but we do have Daniel chapter 9, which very, very clearly puts the baptism of Christ in AD 27 at about 30 years of age. Mm -hmm. Work your way back from there, 4 BC. Does that correlate with Herod the Great being alive? It does. Mm -hmm. And everything then triangulates to give us the exact date for the birth of Jesus Christ, his baptism, his death, uh, and of course the establishment of the Christian church in AD 34. Uh, there's the uh, very simple answer in relationship to that. Hopefully that was clear for you. If you have questions, we would love to, for you to send them through. Uh, we've got some more questions to deal with on this subject and we will uh, continue on with it tomorrow. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.